Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. No one likes to be called a conspiracy theorist. It's a pejorative term. And yet it's important to distinguish a conspiracy theory from a rigorous analysis of the evidence. The characteristic feature of a conspiracy theory is, as Richard Hofstetter put it, the big leap from the undeniable to the unbelievable. Which is a nice turn of phrase, but it's hard to get people to agree on where that line is, especially when they believe a theory with almost religious intensity. I discovered that at a public event on 9-11 several years ago. For the 10th anniversary of the attacks on September 11, 2001, the 9-11 Memorial staff in Lower Manhattan organized a series of panel discussions led by academics and open to the public. There were panels on the architecture of the memorial, on volunteerism after 9-11, and various other non-controversial topics. And then there was my panel on 9-11 conspiracy theories. The flyer advertising the event said we would discuss, quote, the psychological underpinnings of these theories, their historical roles in shaping public opinion, and how we should view or evaluate their relevance today. There was a healthy turnout, with most of the seats occupied. I gave a short talk on the history of the 9-11 truth movement. The panelists tried to emphasize the reasons that many Americans would question the truthfulness of the George W. Bush administration, but we did not support the idea that the Bush administration actually planned 9-11 or knew about it in advance. Throughout the event, the audience was polite and quiet, and then we took questions. It turned out that many people in the audience had come with the goal of challenging the whole idea of analyzing 9-11 conspiracy theories. Because, in their view, there were no 9-11 conspiracy theories. There was only 9-11 truth. And this truth, they believed, was not accurately represented at the 9-11 memorial or museum or on this panel. The questioners got so intense and angry that the moderator of the panel decided to end it abruptly. Security had to escort me and my fellow panelists out of the building. Then we stood awkwardly on the sidewalk for several minutes as the guard tried to hail a cab, and protesters stood around us in a clump, waving their signs at us. The people in the audience that night did not want me to analyze them or put their beliefs in historical context. They didn't want me to test their theory. They just wanted me to acknowledge their truth. I'm Catherine Olmsted, and this is State of Conspiracy. In our final episode, I'm joined today by Daily Beast reporter Will Summer to explore one of today's most passionate groups of truth seekers, QAnon. First of all, Will, thank you very much for doing this. I've been reading your stories, and and they're just terrific. So thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. 
So can you explain to us what QAnon is? Okay, so QAnon is sort of a mega conspiracy theory that rolls in a lot of earlier conspiracy theories. It started in October 2017 with a series of anonymous posts made on the anonymous uh, message board 4chan by a character calling himself or themselves Q. These clues were very cryptic, and they said things like, um, you know, Huma Abedin, Hillary Clinton, arrested, Guantanamo Bay. And so they, they almost read sort of like, like secret transmissions. And a lot of Trump supporters glommed onto this and uh, became convinced this was someone high up in the Trump administration who was revealing clues about sort of a secret world uh, very different from what we see in the news. But essentially, the kind of the way to sum it up is that QAnon posits a world uh, in which high-ranking kind of global elites in this nefarious cabal uh, in Hollywood, the media, uh, the Democratic Party, banking, are pedophiles and possibly cannibals. And this cabal has sort of been responsible for all the evil in the world going back at least 100 years. And that Donald Trump has sort of secretly teamed up with the military uh, and is engaged in a sort of shadow war uh, with the cabal that's different from essentially anything that we're seeing uh, in the actual news. So do you have any sense of how many people believe this? So it can sometimes be difficult to get figures on conspiracy theory believers. I think often the the best examples we can see are at Trump rallies after it broke into the news in August 2018. I believe there was a poll taken around that time that said roughly 15 percent of Republicans believed in it, which may not seem like a large number, but given the sort of bizarre claims made by QAnon, uh, certainly is worrying. So there are a lot of crazy conspiracy theories on these message boards. Uh, Why did this particular one take off? I think there's a couple elements that makes QAnon uh, a little bit different from a lot of other conspiracy theories. Just for Trump supporters in general, the appeal of QAnon is that, you know, during the Trump campaign, Trump was making a lot of big promises. And, you know, frankly, a lot of that stuff hasn't happened. And QAnon offers them a sort of alternate storyline that is much more exciting and sort of poses that Trump is constantly winning. So does President Trump encourage this theory? Trump has never himself acknowledged QAnon and said, you know, this is true, this is fake, what have you. But the the Trump campaign has sort of been grappling with how to handle QAnon people, as uh, me and one of my colleagues uh, at the Daily Beast recently wrote about a few weeks back. So on one hand, these are like the biggest Trump diehards out there. I mean, they essentially, they think Trump is engaged in this grand battle against the greatest evils of the world. Um, and so that, you know, on one hand, these are very energized voters. Uh, on the other hand, a lot of what they say is absolutely nuts. And so, and and that would certainly turn off voters were Trump to say, oh yeah, I am doing this. But I, But I think the Trump campaign and many of his surrogates have been engaged in this sort of uh, dance with QAnon believers uh, in which they don't outright denounce them, although that would be the easiest thing in the world to do, uh, but instead they encourage them in some ways. So, for example, Trump often retweets very explicit QAnon accounts on Twitter. And so th- these accounts aren't saying, you know, when he retweets them, they aren't making some QAnon claim, but he is retweeting them and obviously providing them with more uh, validation and, and publicity. And at the same time, QAnon believers, I should say, are absolutely obsessed with getting approval from Trump. And what they really want is for him to, they're always looking for clues and trying to see a way that he is uh, sort of sending them a code that it's all real. So they'll look at his hand motions at rallies and be like, oh, I think he's making a cue, you know, because he's moving his hands around. Or they'll see him tweet something 17 times or something. And of course, Q is the 17th letter of the alphabet. And they say, you know, that's proof. 
Um, or, uh, you know, the other thing, I mean, kind of more practically, uh, Trump has not distanced himself from a lot of QAnon promoters. Uh, a couple months ago, he had a White House social media summit uh, where he inv- invited various kind of Trump internet characters to the White House. Several of those people are really diehard QAnon fans uh, and promoters of it. Um, you know, one of them, cartoonist Ben Garrison, uh, has drawn cartoons promoting QAnon and only had his White House invitation rescinded after someone pointed out uh, that he had made a really anti-Semitic cartoon. I think the White House at this point is certainly aware of this. Whether Trump himself is is unclear. While they publicly won't go on the record and say, you know, QAnon's fake or we're trying to promote QAnon, uh, they certainly have not done much to distance themselves from it. You mentioned the deep state, um, and that's very intriguing to me. Can you explain to me what they mean by the deep state and how this feeds into the QAnon theories? Absolutely. So there's this sense that, um, you know, obviously the initial discussion of the deep state grows out of the idea, uh, this concept of a sort of bureaucratic national security apparatus that is, uh, you know, not really uh, responsible or uh, affected by changes in government and sort of operates as its own government. Now, um, in the Trump campaign and especially uh, during the Mueller investigation, uh, the right created this counter narrative to the Mueller Russia investigation with this idea that basically everything that happened bad to Trump, uh, especially something national security related, was a sort of betrayal of the deep state. So this relatively obscure concept about uh, the government has in the Trump era become something that people are hearing about every night on Fox News. Conspiracy theories often stem from a grain of truth. Are there any potential truths that, that QAnon supporters have latched onto and taken to an extreme? Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think one example here uh, would be uh, the Jeffrey Epstein uh, case. So a lot of QAnon, as I mentioned, uh, relies on this idea that there are these uh, incredibly powerful um, global elites who are uh, sexually abusing children. Uh, and as we saw with Jeffrey Epstein, now admittedly, he, that case had started, uh, I believe, almost a decade before Epstein was arrested the most recent time. So th- the idea that QAnon or Q was sort of zeroing in on Epstein as a figure uh, is not so much indicative of Q's uh, prophetic abilities as it is that, you know, this person was able to sort of just go back in the archives and pull this story. Uh, but, you know, certainly uh, everything we've seen from that does seem to suggest that there was uh, – uh, you, you know, a lot of questionable decisions made by the government in the initial Epstein investigation uh, and, and certainly that uh, that Epstein himself was committing some crimes, uh, some heinous ones. And so and that perhaps he had powerful friends. Uh, and so but so that kind of stuff uh, QAnon believers will latch on to and then. Uh, you know, it, it, they'll see something that tr- that's true or appears to have elements of truth to it, and they latch onto that, and then they kind of blow it out uh, in this in this way that then suggests that there's this, uh, you know, this massive conspiracy theory that that we're that we're not seeing. So you said there are factions. Are there some factions that have what you would call more believable theories and others that are completely absurd? Yeah. So a lot of the drama within QAnon world focuses on, I would say, people who are almost more respectability-oriented QAnon promoters. And these are often the people who are making the most money off of it or have the best connections to Trump world, um, sort of fighting to marginalize uh, the people whose QAnon beliefs are even more outlandish. And, you know, it becomes this whole thing, you know, kind of the most elaborate QAnon stuff becomes, um, you know, oh, the global elites, their lizard people, all this kind of stuff. So it draws in a lot of disparate groups. Mm-hmm. So is the absurdity part of the appeal? I think because it is so ridiculous, it can be very alienating uh, to have a family member who gets into QAnon and then there becomes a lot of pressure 
uh, you know, I, I've talked to people whose uh, you know, parents have gotten into QAnon, um, whose uh, partners have gotten into it, and then suddenly uh, it's sort of like this contradiction of, uh, you know, from the QAnon person's point of view, they're living with someone who's kind of blind to the real ways of the world uh, and sort of hasn't joined into this kind of cosmic battle. But, of course, on, from the other person's point of view, you know, it's difficult to have a relationship with someone who believes so many farcical uh, and sometimes dangerous things. So, uh, you know, there, for example, I was at this QAnon rally, and this this couple that's been very prominent in QAnon uh, promotion they said, well, essentially our kids said, uh, we're not going to talk to you until Trump is out of office because you're so crazy about this QAnon stuff. And they said, well, you know, we miss our kids, but we really love Trump more. And, uh, you know, they're talking about sort of disowning their children essentially uh, over QAnon. So, uh, you, you, I mean, in, in that way, you can see that it becomes almost like its own family in this sense that the people who have signed on to it have sacrificed things uh, because of their uh, admittedly ludicrous beliefs. And so as a result that they sort of cling to one another all the more. Is it more accurate to call it a, a cult or a religion or a belief system than a conspiracy theory? I think there's there's varying degrees of QAnon commitment. Um, again, there are people who go to actual cult meetings and talk about QAnon. Uh, there are some Trump supporters who just seem to think of it as a, like a funny thing to say that like angers liberals. Uh, they'll say the slogans like uh, where we go one, we go all. They almost see it like just another version of uh, make America great again. Crooked Minis is brought to you by Sleep Number. It's the 100th year of the NFL. More than 1,800 NFL players are now sleeping on Sleep Number beds. I did not know that. Because everyone's Sleep Number needs are different, Sleep Number 360 smart beds with Sleep IQ technology sense your movement and automatically adjust firmness, comfort, and support to keep you both sleeping comfortably. Find your Sleep Number setting for your best possible night's sleep. Sleep Number beds allow you to adjust each side to Unless your I'm own. in John's bed, then it's 7-8. Ideal firmness, comfort, and support. The Sleep Number 360 <laughs> smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably throughout that night. With Sleep IQ technology... I, like to, I don't like this being my, all the way on my own side. <laughs> inside the bed, it tracks how you are sleeping, so you know every morning how well you slept, and you gain insights. We're not an old married couple. It's still fresh. Experience the smart, effortless comfort of the Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Find your competitive edge mm. with proven quality sleep from $999. Sleep Number is the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 sleep number stores nationwide find the one nearest you at sleepnumber.com slash crooked minis crooked minis is brought to you by upstart as most of us have found out the hard way getting into debt is easy getting out is hard especially if your credit score isn't great thankfully now there's upstart.com the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off high interest credit card debt Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They believe in you, and they understand that. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. The best part? Once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day. Over 300,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash crookedminis to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash crookedminis. 
Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving <clears> your goals? <throat> <laughs> BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. Get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, sleeping, trauma, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. If you are not happy with your counselor for any reason, you, are, you can request a new one at any time. No additional charge. This is not a crisis line. BetterHelp has 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states with four communication modes, text, chat, phone, and video. It took me three tries to say that. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Crooked Minis listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code Crooked Minis. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Crooked Minis. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash Crooked Minis. Crooked Minis is brought to you by Credo Mobile. Do you stand for women's rights and for the environment? There's a phone company that stands with you, Credo Mobile. Credo Mobile is the only phone company in America that supports the same causes you do. Causes like fighting to stop climate change, protecting reproductive rights, and standing for immigrant rights. In Credo fact, just, uh, just voted to impeach the president. <laughs> Credo, <laughs> in fact, Credo donates $150,000 every month to groups like Rainforest Action Network, Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, and many more. That's great. Credo is just as opposed as you are to Donald Trump's agenda. And those other phone companies, they love Trump's agenda. <laughs> <laughs> They're cozying up to Trump. They're spending millions in his hotels. They're trying to push through mega mergers. More funding. like MAGA mobile. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're funding right-wing politicians. You make choices every day about where to spend your money. Shouldn't your mobile phone be one of those choices? Switch to Credo Mobile now, and you'll get a year of Ben and Jerry's ice cream on us, <laughs> not me, up. on Credo, a pint a month for 12 months. You'll also get coverage on the nation's best and most awarded 4G LTE network, along with low rates and a complete selection of smartphones, including the latest models from the top brands. Ready to switch? Just enter the offer code MINI at checkout or go to credo.com slash mini. That's C-R-E-D-O dot com slash mini. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Is it linked to other far-right conspiracy theories? Uh, yeah, it, it very much is. And, and in many ways, uh, I think we would see more conspiracy theories in the Trump era being embraced by Trump supporters. But instead, they sort of get molded into QAnon. Hmm. I think it, for whatever reason, uh, you know, people who get drawn to various conspiracy theories often find an echo of the thing they're originally interested in in QAnon, and that's what gets them into it. So conspiracy theories often have an element of gender or race or class. Do you see any of that in QAnon? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think just like with Trump supporters in general, I think the vast majority of the people here are white. Uh, they skew older. They often are perhaps not college educated, uh, more working class, blue collar folks, um, certainly the ones who turn out to rallies. So occasionally when I talk about this to people, 
uh, people who are lucky enough um, not to have the kind of internet searches that take them to QAnon all the time, um, <laughs> they say to me, well, really, why should we care? It's just so ludicrous. It's so absurd. Surely no one really believes this. Uh, why should we pay attention at all? What would you say to those people? I think there's a couple of reasons that I think people who uh, sort of care about the future of the country and about uh, democracy in this country. First of all, as I mentioned, uh, the fact that there are there are now several violent incidents that have been tied to this. At the point where people are being killed, I think the, the general public deserves to know about it and frankly, I think should pay attention to it. So what is the spread of this theory tell us about the current state of our culture and our politics. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of QAnon, as I think uh, with a lot of the current conspiracy theories we see, uh, you know, my mind instantly goes to anti-vaccine stuff. Um, I think part of it is the result of decades-long attacks, particularly on the right, uh, against sort of uh, credible institutions, you know, whether that be academia, uh, science, uh, the courts, uh, or uh, the media. And so, you know, this uh, decades of, of saying sort of like you can only trust Republicans and conservative media uh, have created this sense with many on the right that, you know, maybe the world uh, as it is, the, the, this so-called establishment uh, really is lying about the state of the world hmm. and that maybe, uh, you know, JFK Jr. did uh, fake his death or maybe uh, lizard people run the central bank. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, when you constantly tell people everyone's lying to them, you know, maybe they'll believe it or or that that everything has sort of an equal level of credibility. Um, eventually, an anonymous person or people calling themselves Q, uh, you know, they'll be believed as well. So some real government conspiracies in the past have given credence to these anti-government conspiracy theories in the present. Right. I mean, it, it, that's it as well, right? I mean, you know, whether it's Iran-Contra, uh, you know, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, um, you know, just going back decades and, and more than that, um, because the because the government uh, has acted in some very deceptive and disreputable ways, uh, that, that sort of just adds more fuel to uh, QAnon believers who are looking for evidence that it's real. So what can we do? I think on one hand, I, you know, I, I think there's a large segment of QAnon people who uh, are going to believe it forever, um, whether Trump loses in 2020 or leaves office uh, in 2024. I think um, they're always going to see that there's, you know, some sort of plot, uh, whether, you know, at the ballot box or some, the deep state is uh, undermining uh, Trump's plans. Uh, I think they're always going to feel that way. On the other hand, I think uh, sort of as Trumpism inevitably fades, I think um, – these people are going to – some people are going to kind of fall out of it. Uh, you know, certainly – so 8chan, the site where Q has been posting, uh, you know, it had been posting for at least a year uh, and was sort of the, – the, the key thing is the, Q has to have a place to post where people will know it's him. And so when 8chan went down in early August because it lost some tech support uh, it needed because uh, – it, it lost it after yet another after, – after the El Paso Shooters Manifesto was posted to the site. So HN being down for almost two months now has made it really hard for QAnon believers to congregate. And so, uh, you know, they can't meet on Reddit because Reddit banned them. Uh, so they, they that kind of uh, – the efforts to deplatform these sites have certainly been successful hmm. to the extent of making it harder for QAnon to spread. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't know. People get really into it. It, it can be kind of grim. I mean, I think, uh, you know, people have obviously talked about the possibility of – uh, you know, media education to teach people to treat, um, you know, media outlets or even Fox News, uh, you know, with w reports from them with more credibility than literally one anonymous person uh, giving uh, just talking total nonsense. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I think it's a very complicated issue. And I think for people who are really hardcore into it already, I mean, I, I, I think it can be tough.
Do you have a sense that these people were gathering in rallies about other anti-government conspiracy theories uh, before QAnon? I mean, were they going to, say, birther rallies? Or has this energized a group of people who previously had sort of been off the political map? So it's a combination. Um, I think there's different factions. I mean, I, I think there's kind of hardcore conspiracy theory people or people who are always really interested in political activism. Um, a lot of uh, a section of QAnon people, for example, sort of spring from Occupy Wall Street, interestingly enough. Really? Yeah, sort of people who become involved in, um, you know, it, this is sort of unfair to Occupy Wall Street, but, but becoming, uh, you know, familiar with more uh, sort of non-traditional forms of activism huh. and that they then um, sort of kind of circle in in various spheres uh, for a while and, and generally, you know, often with some good reason, distrust, uh, you know, the financial system or the government. So you see it sort of as a as a fusion theory of some extreme left as well as the extreme right. Right. I mean, I, I would say the vast majority is extreme right, but it's also sometimes people who are, for example, there's no question that a lot of uh, that some anti-vaccine stuff is springing from the left. Mm-hmm. And so then that kind of draws people into it. I mean, I, I would still say that the vast majority of QAnon support comes just from really like mainline Trump people who have uh, sort of fallen into this internet hole. Hmm. Um, and and so, so, again, it is a combination of, I, I think, uh, people who have always been into conspiracy theories uh, and are now uh, getting into QAnon because it's the big thing. Um, and then I, then I think it's people who have been pulled into it through sort of mainline uh, MAGA politics. Uh, one thing, again, that I think is interesting is how QAnon ideas have managed to seep their way so much into the Trump campaign and the Republican Party. Really? Uh, there's now... There's now three, at least, uh, House Republican candidates who have endorsed QAnon. Uh, Mm. Now, admittedly, they haven't won their primary, so that remains to be seen whether they'll actually be competing in the general election. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you have, uh, you know, House candidates endorsing it. Uh, Again, a speaker at a Trump rally who used the QAnon slogan, although he now denies it. Uh, QAnon people getting invited to the White House. Uh, and, And I think, understandably, I mean, they don't see it as some kind of nefarious scheme. They sort of see QAnon and Trump as going hand in hand. But uh, by sort of cloaking what they really believe in more mundane Trumpisms uh, that you would hear on Fox News, I think they're able to win more adherence. For example, at this QAnon rally, I was asking folks uh, what what they liked about QAnon. And they said, well, you know, I like that it's exposing the corruption. Well, you know, to the average voter, uh, you know, you don't like corruption. But then, uh, you know, they were very kind of cagey about what that corruption was. And then I said, you know, well, what do you really mean? And then that's when they start getting into the cannibal stuff and everything. So... <laughs> So, so, so the, I, I think they've been relatively successful in portraying it as sort of just like, oh, QAnon, it's about how Trump's good. But, I mean, when you, you really sort of have to dig, and I think that's uh, sort of the gateway, and then you kind of keep looking and keep looking. And, um, you know, there's a lot of like um, – they have like awareness bands that will say like Google QAnon, sort of in the same way that uh, Ron Paul fans would have signs that would say like uh, Google Ron Paul. Mm. And so you kind of get into it from there. And then, uh, you know, depending on your level of interest or how much it appeals to you, you kind of get more and more into it. Hmm. So do you have any hope to offer us? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it, it, again, you know, QAnon seems to be losing a little steam uh, since it's off A-Chan. But, uh, you know, should A-Chan come back or someone could uh, sort of pick up the mantle of QAnon? You know, there's a lot of allegations about who's behind QAnon, uh, whether it's been uh, – sort of gone through multiple identities, whether someone sort of has wrested control of the handle. Um, and so so I think it's always going to exist in some form. And I think relatively soon, whether it's on A-Chan or somewhere else, someone's going to realize – because, I mean, people are making like real money off of this. I mean, mm-hmm. there was someone recently who – sort of a 
not even the biggest QAnon personality who just raised like 150 grand to to sell a book uh, about QAnon. And so, you know, I, I think it'll always be around in some form. I, I think um, there's even a sense on the right, I would say, among younger voters that QAnon is ridiculous. I mean, when you think about uh, sort of your uh, Pepe the Frog type uh, alt-right uh, young, young uh, Trump supporters often – uh, racist ones, um, you know, are on these forums. I mean, they find QAnon really embarrassing, and they think it's kind of a thing for their grandparents. So, uh, you know, certainly with the the younger generations, uh, QAnon is is more out of favor. Uh, but but you know, I I think more broadly, the the questions are, uh, you know, how disinformation like QAnon and all sorts of other things, how it spreads on social media. Uh, you know, what are platforms like YouTube doing about it? Um, I mean, YouTube uh, is is where QAnon has had a lot of success spreading. There's a really well produced video. Uh, that explains it uh, in a very evangelist way uh, that's been endorsed, endorsed by, uh, among others, uh, comedian Roseanne Barr and uh, former baseball pitcher Kurt Schilling. Uh, so you can see how it sort of uh, picks up steam on these platforms. And I think a big question is how they handle uh, this kind of information existing on their platforms. So the FBI has said that it's looking into white supremacist groups as potential uh, terrorist threats to the United States. Is there any sense that there are government agents looking into QAnon? Uh, certainly. Well, so a, uh, a FBI memo that was uh, circulated amongst law enforcement uh, a few months ago uh, tagged QAnon, among other things, as a potential source of domestic terror. Mm. Now, I mean, the, they were they were saying essentially that... Uh, not that all QAnon people are terrorists or something, but that uh, it can inspire violence. Uh, and again, I mean, as we've seen, it, it has. So there is that sense that the government's looking into it. I'd be really surprised if uh, the FBI wasn't trying to figure out or doesn't know who is behind these QAnon posts. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, you know, it, it, as we've seen uh, in terms of the FBI's and the Department of Homeland Security's relatively sluggish reaction to white supremacist terror. I mean, this is another far-right, uh, potentially dangerous group. Uh, and it, it, the larger sense, I, I think, is that they're not uh, working particularly hard on it. Um, I, I think there are some possibilities for prosecution, uh, whether that be QAnon, whoever whoever's behind that, or some of these, these hucksters, I think, um, they are uh, – th- th- there's a lot of money being exchanged here and a lot of false identities and a lot of uh, sort of claims to be representing the government. So I, I, I think there are possible law enforcement uh, possibilities there. Uh, but, 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 uh, but certainly right now we haven't seen uh, a whole lot of action outside of that FBI memo. So you mentioned that, that QAnon supporters are often the most diehard Trump supporters. Um, is QAnon going to be a help for President Trump then or a hindrance? I think QAnon uh, in 2020 will absolutely be a help, presuming that, uh, you know, Trump doesn't come out and say uh, either QAnon is fake. Uh, but see, e- even if he even if he did denounce it or something, the QAnon people would just say, well, yeah, that's all part of the plan. Um, you know, he can't blow the lid on his, you know, secret covert endeavors against the deep state. He's got to say this and, you know, we know the truth, what have you. At the same time, I mean, it, again, I mean, these people are – the one of the most key elements to understand about QAnon is that it is sort of a devotion to Trump uh, to the extent that, uh, you know, sometimes they lose their family members or they lose their partners. Uh, they uh, – when I was at this QAnon rally, it was just across the street from the White House. And, you know, they said, you know, we love our dear president. They call him Q plus because they sort of see him as mega Q. Um, and, you know, they they just cheered him. I mean it is uh, – it, it, it absolutely whether – I think it's a combination of people 
who are drawn to QAnon because they love Trump so much, but then it's also uh, people who get really into QAnon and then say, well, who's the hero of this? Well, it's Trump. I guess I'll get really into Trump. Uh, and, and, and so I think QAnon has a way of um, uh, t- turning people or really activating people into being really hardcore Trump fans. Thank you for coming. It was great. Great. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Over the past four episodes, we've explored why there are good reasons for Americans to wonder if their government is conspiring against them. It has done so before, in ways that would seem improbable and bizarre if we did not, to our sorrow, know better. We know the CIA secretly tested hallucinogenic drugs on U.S. citizens. We know the FBI has illegally spied on Americans. We know the White House has conducted conspiracies to hide its lawless subversion of the Constitution. In some ways, you could argue that to know the basic facts of recent American history is to be a conspiracy theorist. But though I started my research on conspiracy theories with some sympathy for their supporters, I've come to see these theories as fundamentally dangerous, though not always in the ways you'd think. One of my favorite quotes about conspiracy theories comes from Thomas Pynchon, If they can get you asking the wrong questions, they don't have to worry about answers. There are a lot of obvious problems with conspiracy theories. They can endanger individuals, groups, and public health and safety. But as Pynchon points out, they can also have more subtle effects. They can get us asking the wrong questions. In this way, conspiracy theories can be weaponized by people with power. We try to solve mysteries that aren't all that mysterious. We look for alternative facts, though the real facts are right in front of us. We choose to believe the posts of some random person on the internet instead of the scientific papers of people who, by any reasonable estimate, count as experts in their fields. Americans have always entertained conspiracy theories. They are as much a part of the American way as baseball and apple pie. That Americans believe such theories now is not unusual. What is different today is that people in power routinely and indiscriminately spread these theories with a specific and very ambitious goal, the goal of destroying our faith in government, science, and any kind of community spirit. They manipulate our well-founded skepticism about our government and try to transform that skepticism into cynicism. Skepticism is essential to the functioning of democracy. Cynicism destroys democracy. Sometimes these theories seem so ludicrous that they don't seem worth our time and energy. Why should we bother combating them? But I think it's very important to continue to fight for facts and for truth. To tell people, no, the Democratic Party is not a pedophile ring and lizard people are not real. We can't just laugh off these theories or ignore them. Our democracy is at stake. State of Conspiracy is produced by Caroline Reston and Elisa Gutierrez. Our engineers this week were Kyle Seglin, Noel Fernandez, and Genevieve Bowman. Our editor is Daniel Carissimi.